So without further ado, we're going to welcome in Dana Lane of Dana Lane Sports. Dana, good morning. How are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. I appreciate the opportunity to come on your show. I've had a lot of respect for what you guys do, and uh, I only wish I could find the time to do my own. Oh, uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Dana's been a great friend of the show literally minutes after we started our Twitter handle and posted our first show. Dana was emailing us. Uh, offering his help any way he could, and uh, consistently has been helping promote the show and, and Las Vegas hockey as we move towards hopefully getting an expansion franchise here in Las Vegas. Uh, Dana's been with us every step of the way, and we appreciate you coming on, giving us some of your time. We know you're a very busy man, but uh, we're going to look at some, some conference final series today. Uh, we're going to look at the Western first and the Eastern. Uh, Dana, why don't you tell the people out there a little bit about yourself and what your company does? Uh, well, I uh, run Dana Lane Sports, and basically what we do is we are uh, a wagering-based uh, company that obviously gives opinions and uh, sells our opinions to, uh, to to clients. And, you know, we pride ourselves from day one always working hard, giving everybody, a, a, you know, complete honesty. Um, you know, this is a tough business, and there is no crystal balls, and anybody that tries to sell you a crystal ball is somebody that doesn't care about your bankroll. And, and we've we tried to come across as a little bit different. I mean, there are highs and lows in this industry. Um, anybody who's being honest with you would tell you that. Uh, but you can guarantee that we're giving you uh, an opinion based upon a lot of time spent and a focus on bankroll management, which is the only way any of us are ever going to make money. Well said, sir. Well said. Is that, is, do you base a lot of that on analytics? I know a lot of NHL teams are really into analytics. Is that part of your thing? Or I don't want to give away all your tricks, by the way, but is, uh, is that a, a big part of it? Or Well, I can tell you this. You know, we gaming in general is such an emotion-based activity that we really try to – separate ourselves from, you know, we take ourselves out of the emotional state of things and try to put ourselves in a mathematical or probability state of things because numbers will not cloud your mind. You know, sure. uh, you know if the New England Patriots were, you know, playing this week, certainly uh, the uh, the uh, things that have happened in, in uh, for the Patriots this week will cloud that mind. I haven't heard about any of that, sir. Yeah, Patriots, <laughs> yeah. what's that all about? <laughs> yeah, it was something late night I heard about, uh, <laughs> deflating something. I do know you can't deflate hockey pucks, so we won't have to worry about that. Hi. Yeah, right. Oh, they weren't frozen enough in the in the fridge, right? Yeah, the fridge was unplugged. Well, we, it's slow ice tonight, slow ice. <laughs> yeah, we were worried about curvatures of sticks. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, I'm a Kings fan. Let that curvature of stick thing go, sir. That was that was nice. That was too long ago. <laughs> uh, as a uh, as a Kings fan, that is certainly not the most prevalent issue on your plate right now. No, no, we have some. Uh, we have a, a, a little cap management. I'm sure Dean Lombardi is going to take care of that as he always has. And <laughs> Jared Stoll, uh, enough said. He had a little too much fun there at the MGM, and he's a UFA, so I really don't look for him to be back in, in silver and black. Uh, Absolutely not. Voinoff, Voinoff uh, yeesh, that's, uh, I don't even know where that's going to go. If, uh, you know, deportation, if he's guilty, is he going to have to serve time? Is, he, is his girlfriend going to come through and... and uh, take the, I mean, she's been threatened with contempt of court and jail time if she doesn't uh, come through and, and... That's right. And Yeah, so there's there's a lot going on in Kings hockey. Uh, well, you know what's funny about that is that, you know, <laughs> I'm surprised it took as long as it did for uh, the tweets to start rolling in about, see, we can't put a team in Vegas, uh, which <laughs> is absolutely ridiculous. Oh, yeah, yeah, if you want... Oh, look at all the players you're going to be Jarrett stoling it out at the pools there. Can't be doing any of that. I saw that actually pretty quickly. 
Um, but right, there was there were so many Las Vegas Wranglers that got in trouble, right? We we can name so many of them, right? And the Las Vegas <laughs> Thunder going back to uh, when back in the '90s when Clint Malarchuk and at all were here. Uh, yeah, heard about that all the time, right? Yeah, they were always in the police blotter, uh, <laughs> overcome by, by the, you know, <laughs> out of the, you know, and then by the way, uh, the Wranglers were putting together the single longest winning streak in professional hockey history, had an amazing home record, while the Thunder was probably the greatest IHL team never to win a, a title. So yes, we were they were overcome by Las Vegas, unable unable to focus on their job. That and that <laughs> well, and that and there was probably nobody there watching because there's no fans here either. Absolutely not. You know what's funny about that? And I don't mean to go off on this tangent about this, but no, I love know, it. We, I love it. You're you're kind of my uh, my my sidekick to my my Twitter wars with the Canadians in the morning. Sure. I don't have the time. I can always guarantee that you'll pick up the slack, but. You know, what's funny about that, you hear Canada talk about, um, you know, how we didn't have any fans for uh, minor league hockey, but if you actually go and look at their statistics for their minor league hockey team, even if you want to look at uh, the Quebec uh, Major Junior League, you know, they averaged about 125 more fans a game than the Wranglers did. So don't sit there and dump that your fans are so much better than Las Vegas, which is an absolute farce. I mean, you know, for years, Canada always, you know, felt slighted because we didn't know about them or didn't care about them or, you know, half the population thought that they lived in igloos. Wow, that's well, a great point. You know, don't, don't sit there and, and counter that with your ignorance about Las Vegas because the only opinion that you have is a four-day trip to Vegas spent on a five-mile uh, five road that has nothing to do with actually living in Las Vegas. Yeah, that, no, you know no question, no question. I'm sitting here right now. I can't see a casino from where I'm sitting. Tom, can, can, are we are we blinded by the neon where we're at or no? I, I, <laughs> Wait a minute, there's houses out here? I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I, did, I forgot to ask what casino you live in, Dana. I, I, don't, I don't know. But no, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's the same... Uh, Thing. You know, people think our kids can only count up to 21. And, you know, when I tell them that we have the fifth largest school district in the country, our oh. Little League team just played in the in the World Series and probably should have won. Yeah, they did. In I, fact, have, the, the, the team they played was disqualified, and they have been exactly. retroactively awarded the championship, sir. Let's give, uh, let's give the Little League World Series their due there. They are actually champions. Well, you know why the uh, team from Chicago were disqualified? It was it's clearly because they played in the shadows of a casino. It, that must be it. <laughs> clearly. Well, see, see. Then let me let me round this back into uh, where you were where you were headed earlier. Um, all of these things that we've been talking about go into that emotion-filled better that stepping up to the yeah. window, and your service, and what what you understand about it that a lot of the other the other handicappers. Uh, or sports information services if you live outside of uh, Nevada, the uh, entertainment purposes only window there. Um, Where there's they, no gambling. Sir, they don't, they, they, a lot of people don't take that into, into account. Um, whereas, whereas you, 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 t you, you get down to brass tacks, you, you don't let that emotion feel better go to the window with those emotions in his pocket. Yeah, because uh, uh, emotions are what builds casinos. Uh, <laughs> emotions and alcohol, perhaps. <laughs> Winnipeg, Winnipeg Jets, for me, was my emotion. Was that your emotion, Winnipeg Jets? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, well, uh, they, let's, uh, let's, get into some, let's get into some conference final breakdowns. Re real quick, back, back to – I'm sorry, Mark. No, go ahead, go, sorry, ahead, go ahead, Tom. Go ahead, Tommy. I, I wanted to ask Mr. Lane – um, you know, the analytics part, and I heard a stat with the Game 7 of the Rangers-Capitals. The refs, Kevin Pollack, and I heard, forgive me, I forget the other gentleman's name. They were, they, when they refed the Rangers game, they were 5-0. and oh. Is that crazy? Yeah. I, I heard that stat the other day. I was like, wow, who's going to win Game 7, right? Well, I mean, it, it, those type of statistics 
Um, you know, for and and that's why we don't get too much into numbers. We we have a a basic five to ten number system, but I mean, we can certainly even if you're talking about baseball, I mean, we can find a statistic to uh, to support any argument that we're trying to make. And you know, I those things are. I mean, like if a team does well on a Friday night, you know, you see that in a lot of sports. Uh, you know, people kind of hang their hat on that. Um, we really try to stay away from that stuff. Although those are, are fun statistics, I sure. don't really think that it tells the story of the here and now because I, I don't think during pregame skate the players are, are skating around thinking, I'm, I feel great because it's Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Also, too, is um, I never heard anyone say this. I've been listening to the NHL radio network all day yesterday. Was Did it seem to, to Mark and Mr. Lane – it seemed like when the Capitals dominated for 11 minutes of that first overtime, or the you know the overtime, Ooh. and then they you know they put the girls out on the shovels. Did that seem to take an extra long time to me? It seemed like it sucked the momentum right out of, out of the cap. <laughs> well, it seems to me that we can start a new statistic with that as well. <laughs> when they appear, this is their record. But <laughs> yeah, hey, look, you know there was a, there's a lot of things throughout history that home teams tried to do. Um, I re- God, I forgot who it was, but in the NBA, where you know the uh, I think I was Houston or Dallas or something like that, and they wouldn't they wouldn't put the air conditioning on in the, in the Houston locker room. I mean, all these <laughs> I think that was Dallas. I think that was Dallas, and I think they sweated <laughs> out right. the Miami Heat, if I recall correctly. I'm not really big on basketball here, but uh, I think I think you're absolutely right. They sweated out the Heat that year that uh, Dallas ended up beating them in the finals, I believe. Man, that's absolutely correct. I, I believe that's correct off the top of my head. And Mark hey, Cuban, billionaire genius. <laughs> hey, or if you're in Atlanta and uh, you're piping in crowd noise, uh, at about yeah. Game. Or you're deflating yeah. deflating footballs uh, allegedly. Um, it, you know <laughs> they say if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. But uh, it's it's let's uh, let's get into this Western Conference here. We've got uh, we've got Anaheim Ducks, Chicago Blackhawks now. If if you had looked at all the teams at the start of uh, of the playoffs there in the West, and you just threw darts at it and threw, came up with Ducks Hawks conference finals, I don't think you would have had too many people arguing that point with you at, 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 all the way through. What do you guys think? Well, that's absolutely correct uh, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Anaheim probably had the quietest regular season that you could ever have with the amount of success that they've had and. You know, certainly when it comes to playoffs, and these are, you know, you guys will probably agree, there's two separate seasons in the NHL, and it's the the teams that are successful during the regular season. We have our St. Louis Blues and our San Jose Sharks that are not this year, but Vancouver Canucks put them in there, right? At least they've gotten to they've got to a cup, though. You know, but these are some teams that you know they can't elevate themselves to another level. So even though you know, we saw Chicago not win their division, but I think with the general makeup of their team, we were pretty confident that they would make a deep run in the playoffs. And now we have a situation where the Anaheim Ducks can fall into two categories. And, and obviously they have uh, been through the finals, uh, I think, in 2007. Um, but now we're uh, are these the, uh, uh, an organization that is going to elevate their game once the playoffs start or is this an organization that's going to have a real nice regular season and never really quite get it done in the playoffs? And I think there's a real opportunity for Anaheim to show uh, that they are ready to, to make deep runs in the playoffs every single year, even if they don't win the division. Yeah, absolutely. And there, the rumor is I heard, I'm sure you guys have heard too, was if Bruce Boudreaux doesn't take him to the promised land, that Babcock will be the coach of the Anaheim Ducks. I've heard that several different sources. Well, Bruce Boudreau is also tying in with what you were saying, Dana, that uh, he has never taken a team. I mean, this is the first year he's taken a team out of the second round. You can go back to his days in Washington. And right. he, uh, he had some President's Cups there. And if we want to look at some... Some Bruce Boudreaux, 2008, first-round exit as the three-seed. 2009, President's Trophy, two-seed, second-round exit. 2010, number one seed overall, first-round exit. 2011, division champions swept in the second round. 
and summarily dismissed at that point. Um, oddly enough, two days later, he, he that's when he joined the Ducks. Two days after he was terminated, uh, November into the into the 2011 season, they had a terrible start, and the Ducks picked him up immediately, filed, fired Carlisle, and brought him in immediately. Um, but then, you know, with the Ducks, here we go again. Uh, 2013 Pacific Division Champions, first round exit. 2014 Pacific Division Champions, second round exit. Um, this year is his first trip as a coach into the conference finals. And as Tom was saying, there was uh, there was a lot of talk. If he doesn't get out of the second round again, Anaheim's going to be looking for a new coach. So, I mean, to tie this in with my Buffalo kid over here, that might, that might bring Babcock back to the uh, hockey mecca of the Harbor Center there in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, I think he's got. Uh, I mean, this is definitely, and I, you know, look, I, I, I'm, I don't get on. I remember, you know, you'll remember when the Boston Bruins a couple of years back made that phenomenal comeback against the Toronto Maple Leafs oh. late. Oh, <laughs> oh, sorry, did I hit a? Hit a no, 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 that was, that was, was awesome. That was fantastic. an awesome series. Sorry, Mister Lane. Go ahead, up, go ahead. Sorry. But, I mean, I, I can remember the last five minutes of that game talking, uh, listening to Jack Edwards talk about um, how uh, Claude Julian would not be back. And, you know, there was going to be a shakeup in the front office. And, you know, this was a couple of years after he – or a year after he won Coach of the Year. And, you know, I, I'm just not a huge fan all the time of, of getting rid of guys for the sake of getting rid of guys. I mean – but, but there is a, a point right now where the Ducks have won three straight division titles, and it's time for them to say, you know, is this the guy that can take us to the next level? Is this the guy that can produce that playoff grit to, uh, to elevate his team uh, to, to hoist that cup? And, and, you know, certainly they know better, better than I, but I'm not a huge proponent of, of getting rid of successful coaches. No, I, I agree with that 100%. A lot of times the coach ends up the fall guy for decisions of the general manager or the president of hockey operations and who they decide uh, to get right. on the team. And then when their decisions don't work out of who to sign, who to bring in, who to trade, which draft picks to move, um, when those decisions – and in Vancouver, I would say, it would be a perfect example of that is – the decisions they made with the, with Luongo and Schneider and Kessler and all that doesn't work out. Fire the coach. I gave him a team that could win, in my opinion, and let's just fire the coach. Yeah, Tortorella was a maniac, though. That was that was a part of the issue, was it well, not? Uh, he he's let it be known he's he's interested in coming back to coach again. So that would be, I, I'm kind of interested to see where Tortorella winds up and what what locker room he chooses to attack next. <laughs> well, you know what's funny about it. I mean, you want to talk go back go back to Boston is you know hey, look uh, if it wasn't for Peter Sorelli, you would never have a char in Boston. You probably wouldn't have the the two cup appearances. Uh, with and the, the one cup cup. championship. Sorry to interrupt. Exactly, and and so um, is it so inconceivable that a Peter Shirelli may take a year off and that be a candidate to be in Vegas? I'm thinking he's in Edmonton already. If if I have missed that, is it is it? Yeah, he go into Edmonton. Yeah, Edmonton. You know what? Up that's absolutely correct. Yeah, within That's within like correct. days, uh, he he's our. I, you know, I was on. I was I was hashtagging Sorelli to to Vegas early yeah. in that. But uh, you know what? I'm and and Edmonton's a whole nother show. We could do we could do a series of podcasts <laughs> and blogs on the Oilers, but. Uh, that's that's probably cutting near and dear to Tom's heart with the the Connor McEichel thing uh, and the ping pong balls that missed to Buffalo, but uh, that also is a whole nother show. But uh, it's not too far outside the realm to think that maybe uh, everything really really scored there with with Sorelli. He might. No, uh, I agree. He might be the right choice for that franchise right now. Well, I'll tell you another thing about Peter that was extremely impressive is, you know, the, the you know, throughout, we'll take the last five, you know, post-strike post in the NHL, uh, Peter Shirelli not only had to deal with, you know, bringing the, bringing the right players in, 
but the amount of injuries that they had to overcome year after year to put together these deep playoff runs, and he was able to bring these kids up for Providence. Uh, they have an amazing system in Boston where you know they, they just kind of plug these guys in, and, and it's business as usual. And I think a lot of that had to do with Peter Shirelli. He built, along with Cam Neely, built an amazing organization. So, I, I, you know, sometimes it's not about who didn't do the job. Sometimes it's just about getting somebody different in there. Yeah, and no I think question. Boston says, you know, we're done. We're done now. Now we're going to start back up again. And I think that that's where, where their, their thinking comes from. Tom? Yeah, absolutely. I've been watching uh, Boston kickers pick our teeth in for a decade straight. So, yeah, they always have every time I watch the Bruins favors, they're like, man, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Where'd this guy come from? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. They, just always, they always plug it in perfectly, perfectly. Yeah, the O'Reilly's and the Krugs and go on and on and on. Uh, Don, little, Danny, little Danny Paye. Oh, 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 Danny Paye. <laughs> Barkowski would come in. I remember Barkowski would got yep. called up there in the playoffs and just kind of plug right in again, uh, uh, you know, and you know, the Bruins didn't miss a beat. And, God, you, you think about, I don't mean to turn this into Bruin talk, but, man, I mean, they lost guys like, you know, Savard was out. You know, that was a huge, uh, huge guy uh, to play with Bergeron. And, and they yeah, didn't yeah, no, ever definitely, miss a beat. Definitely. But again, enough grit for them. That, that's why they went far. That's why, you know, no team wins a cup where you sit back and say they're not a tough team. No question about it. And that's it. why Boston – that's why Boston beat Vancouver, because they were tougher. Ooh, game seven shutout on home ice for Vancouver. That's right. Ouch. But, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, as a Kings fan, um, going through the playoffs in 2012, even 2013, and, the, and you mentioned a strike. It was actually a lockout. I'm a, I'm a union electrician myself, so we want to differentiate between, between strikes and lockouts. That was a owner-instituted lockout. Just to be clear, the, uh, the players were locked out by the owners there. But uh, even 2014, the, the, one, the one team I, I was scared to, to face – but at the same right. time, the, the team that I wanted to face was the Boston Bruins. How sick would a Kings? Right. How sick would a Kings Bruins final be back back in the last oh, three was, or four years? That had been incredible. That would have been amazing, and I think everybody wanted that as well. Uh, you know, uh, even even last year, you know, the, the Rangers were basically uh, handed the opportunity to go to the Cup because they play the Montreal team that were just physically beaten up by the Boston Bruins. And, you know, the same thing I, I said, man, if Boston and L.A. get together, uh, that would be a much better series. Oh, man. A lot, a lot of people picked that for this, this year's Cup. A lot of people picked that Bruins-Kings this year, you know, at the start of the season, of course. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know what? They're both teams are going to be back. The Kings finished with 95 points, the same, same, same standings as when – they won the cup in 2012. It's just down the stretch. Calgary and Winnipeg, give them credit. They were better. And, and Boston, they were right there in it to the end. I, and if they had sneaked in as the eighth seed, they could have won the cup. Yeah, if Ottawa didn't string off whatever oh, it was, oh. 28 straight or yeah, whatever. It, you if know the what hamburgers I mean? hadn't <laughs> been raining down onto the ice there in, in Ottawa, <laughs> then, uh, then Boston, obviously, they walk in maybe eight, maybe seven. And then, uh, then we go from there. Uh, both teams will be back next well, year. There's no question. Not only that, I mean, considering the uh, the success that that the Bruins had against the Rangers this year, there was. Uh, I mean, if it ultimately got to that, obviously you got to win your way out of your division. But you know, I I just because again you have that playoff grit, you never count these teams out, no matter what seed they're in, and that's that's why the NHL is the best sport on earth because there's no eighth seed in the NBA make it any kind of a run to go to the NBA Finals. Wow. Or Absolutely. The, and, and there's no – you know, very... That is well said. I've been saying that for years. I'm like, oh, hockey. No one watches hockey. Who cares? Who cares if no one watches it? You're absolutely right. Eight seed has an absolute legit chance of winning. Um, go back to 2012. Almost every year. The Kings won the, the Cup as an eight seed with a 16-4 and four record going on the road winning the first two games in every series they played, going up 3 nothing in every series they played. Um, an eighth seed, uh, 
an eight seed in the NHL is is it just it it's puck luck, and it's and it's who wants to pay the price. And that's why the Stanley Cup playoffs are the best playoffs in major sports. Well, here's the difference, too. Uh, of this year's, uh, in the first, through the first two rounds of the NHL playoffs this year, half the games were, divided by, were decided by one goal, and 15 of them went into overtime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're, not getting, you're not getting that in the NBA. Never you know, people, a chance. The NBA, the NBA considers a seven-point or an eight-point game uh, you know, a closely contested game. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I mean that's where the, every... you know, but, sorry to interrupt. You know better than I do about the, uh, where the, where the casinos put the lines on the NBA game, but, uh, but a six point favorite in the NBA is kind of the equivalent of a three point line in the NFL. And it's kind of the equivalent of a minus half a goal in the NHL. Um, the, the, the six point game at the end of the game, um, and I'm going to date myself here. You could go back to Reggie Miller against the Knicks. He could bomb two threes, steal an inbound pass, score nine points in the last three seconds, and off we go to overtime. Not too often you're going to score two goals in the last nine seconds of a game to go to overtime in the NHL. Yeah, and, and the whole demeanor of the league changed. And the NHL during the regular season, your goal is to you know score as much as you can. And the playoffs, your goal is to stop as many goals as you can. So it becomes, there's a lot less room on the ice. Teams get bogged up in their own end a lot more. It's a lot less wide open. The amount of two-to-one games, uh, one in every four games in the NHL playoffs this year with a two-to-one game, which, you know, nobody's complaining about because these games are unbelievably close. And the uh, goals allowed this year in the playoffs are the, uh, the least amount allowed in three years. Yeah, um, yeah. Let me uh, let me give a stat to back you up. In the New York Rangers Hockey Club, the last 12 games they've played in the playoffs, 14 games dating to the last two games of last season's Stanley Cup Finals, 14 consecutive games, one-goal games. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the other thing, too, is the reason why you you have this as a – uh, increased attention to blocking shots. In fact, every shot taken, whether it, it is on goal or not, 35% of them have been blocked in the play. And, and, you know, these guys are committing themselves not only mentally but physically to making sure that puck uh, does not reach the goaltender. And, of course, the goaltenders are, are much bigger than they used to be as well. You had, you know, you had one goaltender in the playoff under 6-1. And, and of course, Bishop, nothing. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, the guy's on his knees, on his pads, and his shoulders are right at the crossbar, right? Yeah. Yes. So, so the, you know, I mean, playoff hockey's the best. Uh, there's no doubting that. Even the people that are, you know, our friends at ESPN that are so pro NBA, you know, right. even they cannot deny the fact that hockey is the best playoff sport. And that's why that's one of the reasons why I think the NHL in Las Vegas is a perfect marriage. Absolutely, absolutely. We're an event-driven town, if you will. Um, and man, Mr. Foley has his goal of playoffs in three years, cup in eight years. And that's very ambitious. But I got a feeling, and I've been inside that arena that's being built there, uh, right off I-15. It's going to be close quarters, it's going to be tight, and it's going to be loud. Um, if, you look at, if you look at the Orleans and the Wranglers, consistently top ten in, in, in attendance. Uh, you, Dana, you know there's hockey fans in Las Vegas. It's, if, when we make those playoffs, that, that arena is going to just kill it. It's just going to kill well, it. Apparently, there's at least 12,000 hockey fans. Yeah, so far so good, right? On the on the ticket drive. Uh, let's it's get fun, let's get. Go ahead. The, the tune of people that are anti Vegas of getting hockey, you know, said you'll never sell season tickets. Yeah. Well, then we sold, you know, eleven five or eleven thousand season tickets. Well, you know, you won't do it consistently. Yeah. And you know what's funny about that is you you know you you've made this point, and I've made this point too that we are consistently. 
in the top 10 in NHL viewership in a market that doesn't have a team. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and we fare uh, unbelievably well if you put us in with the team, with the cities that already have teams. I think we're number 13th in the league in NHL viewership. So let me update that and, to this last season. In uh, 2014-15 season, Nielsen ratings combined NBC and NBCSN broadcasts. Las Vegas is the mm-hmm. number one market in, in television viewership of cities that right. don't have teams, and we are ninth overall in cities when you include cities that do have teams. So hello, the 21 other cities that have NHL teams. We watch more hockey than you do. And there's no way that 715,000 people watching hockey have a betting ticket in their pocket. Let's dismiss that right now. That's, that's because people in Las Vegas like hockey. I've had people from the Northwest contact the show about, uh, hey, 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 what can we talk about NBA? The, the Sonics Rising blog, which they're, they're great guys, by the way. Don't get me wrong. Those guys are fantastic. The, hey, who can I talk to in Las Vegas about the NBA thing? I really don't know anybody in Las Vegas that is, is championing the drive for an NBA team. Sitting in the sun for three hours for a Major League Baseball team in 120-degree weather isn't going to fly either. Uh, the NFL, Goodell, is such a hypocrite that he'll allow gambling in stadium in Europe, but he'll slander my city in Las Vegas um, right. talking about we can't put a franchise there because of the betting, even though there's over a billion dollars in revenue wagered on the NFL every year. The, uh, the, the National Hockey League is going to kill it in Las Vegas, and I don't mind saying that. No, you're absolutely correct about this, and this is all about proper marketing. You know why the Thunder were so successful? is because not only did they win, but, you know, everybody on that team, right down to the mascot, had a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Boom, boom. Played, that, played a little chippy on the ice. And I think that that went extremely well with the blue-collar attitude uh, of this city. And that means – I don't mean the strip. That means the people that actually live here, that is what they identify with. They yep. identify with – I work hard and, uh, you know, they're – have the, you know the mascot? I mean, I have all kinds of stories about Boom Boom off the ice and on the ice. And oh, <laughs> oh! I, I might want to have another show and get into that. Uh, that's I, love, I love Mr. Lane. He covers all the bases. All the, the bases. Oh, the police blotters. I love you, sir. That's absolutely correct. Uh, no, we might happen to have another show on that. Uh, yeah, Boom Boom was the man. In Las Vegas for five, six years, no question. Well, I can tell you, I, I remember one night when Boom Boom had his hands behind his back because he was harassing uh, some Solar Bear fans, and uh, it, it was a uh, stunning sight to see him walking through the hallways of the Thomas and Mac without his head on it. A lot of kids were devastated. By oh, him. oh. Uh, no, we can't, <laughs> we can't let that identity out, sir. That's not acceptable. Well, That's... What, 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 but you know what? We we went a little bit off topic there. Let's get back to the Western Conference right. Western Conference yes, finals sir. here, sir. We're looking at Anaheim Hawks. I want to get I want to break down some of the. Uh, we already kind of touched on the coaching in in that matchup. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna go back to the the special teams right now. If you look at, at what's going on with the Anaheim Ducks, their special teams are off the charts right now. Their power play is clicking at a 31% rate in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And their their penalty kill, and I'm having a little bit of a minute here trying to find that in front of me, definitely clicking over 20%. That's a standard there. If you're over 20% on the kill, you're fantastic. But a, a 31% power play is just stupid when you're talking special teams in the National Hockey League, right, Tom? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I don't think people give credit to uh, Getzlaff and Perry at all. This is a one-line wrecking crew for sure. Well, if you if you want to look at the forwards for Anaheim, let's go right there. You know, people are going to look at the Blackhawks and say, "Oh my goodness, Kane, Taves, Hosa, Sharp." I know Buffalo, Kaner. Yeah, okay, nice. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's let's slow the let's slow the roll there. Uh, let's go let's go right to the to the Anaheim Ducks forward core. 
Corey Perry is leading the playoffs in scoring. Seven goals, eight assists, 15 points. Getzloff's right behind him. Two goals, 10, 12 points. Silverberg, three goals, eight assists. Kessler, four goals, five assists. They're all clicking at more than point a, a point a game right now, which, you know, people that know hockey, if you're, if you're going point a game as a player, you're elite. I mean, right now, you're elite if you're a point-of-game player. And they've got four, four guys on their roster since the playoffs started that are going at four, four, uh, more than a point-of-game. Um, on, the, on the Hawks, if you look at it, only Kane, Taze, and Keith, they're scoring at that pace. And if you go down seven players on the, on the Hawks roster, there's only seven players in the, their forward core that have five or more points. So once you get past the top six on Chicago, um, you got a significant, significant drop-off than from where the Ducks have been playing. The Ducks have 12 players or more with five or more points, and they've played a, one fewer game. I mean, maybe, maybe that's not a, a big difference. But if you have 12 players with five or more points against seven players with five or more points, I'm looking at the depth of scoring, and I'm going to checkmark the Ducks in that category. Tom, where are you at? Yeah, I agree, and um, I wanted to ask Mr. Lane, too, if this factors in. Now, granted, all the stats, I'm sure it sounds like you did your research, sir. Um, but they, they were, let's be honest here. They were going against the backup, a throwaway from the Tampa Bay Lightning, Terry Ramo. Is that uh, those stats legit, or... I mean, I know they're legit, but, you know, going up to the backup goalie like Ramo, like, Mr. Lane, do you factor this stuff in? I mean, the, the stats are nice, but the goalie's not really there, you know what I mean? Well, I, I mean, I think at this point in time, um, you know, you uh, well, let's look at this. Um, you know, in the Tampa Bay series, if it wasn't for, you know, the earlier series, if it wasn't for their ability to convert on the power play, that probably wouldn't be here right now. Um, I think you have these teams that are extremely defensive-minded, uh, like the New York Rangers, who really do not give, um, you know, there there is no wiggle room uh, as far as defensively because they're just not scoring goals. I think you have teams that play well in front of their goaltenders no matter what it is and or who they are, and at this point in time, uh, in the uh, in the playoffs, it, it you know we've seen Chicago where two goaltenders can be uh, successful, um, and you know at this point we don't put so much of an emphasis on that because uh, we we really focus more on the defensive uh, the ability to stop pucks and you know block shots and and who the defensemen are. We probably put more of an emphasis on that than we do the actual goaltending. Well, let's take a look at that here in the West. You've got the uh, the Ducks goals against 2.00 and the Hawks goals against at 2.8. So, and, and I was one in the first round. I'm on record. I questioned Frederick Anderson. I didn't know after, uh, after getting replaced in last year's uh, playoffs by Gibson. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know if he was a prime time player, if you will. But this year, Frederick Anderson, he has proven to me that he's he's got it. Uh, he's got it going on. He might be all that. Last year, he had a 3.1 and a .899 save percentage. Obviously, not going to win a Stanley Cup. But this year, nine games, he's eight and one, 1.96 goals against, and a .925 save percentage. I mean, it's not Jonathan Quick from 2012, but it's close. I definitely put that as an edge over the Blackhawks. They're shuffling. I, Go ahead, Tom. Tom. Oh, no, I was just saying, you know, to Mr. Lane's point was, you know, the Anaheim defensive court. Um, they got my main man, James Wisniewski, oh. just sitting up in the press box. Not even dressing. And, and, and I, yeah, not even dressing. I mean, like Mr. Lane's point is, Anaheim Ducks defense is, top-notch, blocking pucks and whatnot. Is that right? That is right, sir. Uh, we yeah, you know, Go ahead, Dana. Go ahead. The, the one thing about the Ducks, I mean, you have guys now that are kind of stepping up that didn't normally step up, and you talk about, you know, a guy like, like uh, Silverberg that, you know, didn't have, you know, this amazing regular season, but certainly has started to step it up in the playoffs. But, it, you know, and when you have a guy in the third line that starts to step it up, you know, I mean, that's, 
you know, when you have 11 points in nine games uh, and a plus five, that's certainly not indicative of where he was during the regular season, but that just makes you even deeper, which is exactly what you need to combat the depth of the Chicago Blackhawks. Now, both, uh, both Jacob and Maroon have not played well against the Chicago Blackhawks this season. Uh, it, it appears that their performances are, uh, have been, you know, spread out. So there wasn't, you know, like the Lightning and, and the Rangers at one point this season played twice in 15 days. So, you know, you were able to really get a feel for, uh, you know, the, the matchups. But, you know, still, I still think that those, those guys who, it seems to be they were a lot more defensive when they played Chicago. I, I went back and looked at a, a couple of their games. They seem to be a lot more defensive against them than they did in the previous round in the playoffs. So, you know, if they can find success, that of course will give Anaheim a lot more depth. And, you know, this may be the passing of the torch between Chicago and Anaheim considering all the youth that Anaheim has. But, again, it could be also – uh, an organization that just can't take the next step. My my only my only hesitation right now, and again, being a Kings fan, I've seen way more Chicago Blackhawks hockey than I than I care to admit. The last, woo, last three years, those uh, uh, wow. But their their pedigree as champions in the West is, is is unquestioned with the Blackhawks. You have. Uh, you know, they're going for their third Stanley Cup in six years. People like to throw that D word around, the dynasty. Um, if they can get this done, then then you got to say this this Kane, Tave, Sharp, Sod, Versteeg, Keith, Seabrook. You could go down there. This would be Crawford's second Stanley Cup. Um, remember, Anthony Emmy was their goaltender the first time they won their cup. You, you, but, but it's hard to dismiss that. 10, 11 years ago, um, we were saying, we were talking about the Blackhawks almost in the same way that we're talking about the Ducks right now. So no, absolutely. Just, be, a bunch of young, maybe even younger. Uh, you know, they didn't have, uh, you know, some of the, the veteran presence that, that Anaheim does in, in some positions. But, um, you know, we were talking about, Chicago and how young and how good they could be. We haven't talked about Edmonton like that at some point, you know, but it's the teams that were able to take the next step. And of course, you know, the next 10 years for the Blackhawks have been amazing. Maybe this is the start for the Anaheim Ducks to have that kind of one as well. They certainly have the talent to do so. And when you look up the, up the five North in LA at the Los Angeles Kings, and you've got, you've got this young, I mean, you've got Getzloff and Perry. And then they're obviously the leaders on that club, but it w- mm-hmm. you brought up their defense core. Their defense core, when you come when you come at Cam Fowler, Sammy Vaughton, and uh, Hampus Lindholm, they're the, not on, not only are they only allowing two goals a game in the playoffs against what would be considered an offensive club in Calgary, and again an, a, a bruising club, but again an offensively skilled club in Winnipeg. Um, Listen, listen to some of these. Uh, Sammy Vaughnin's leading their way with with uh, seven points, two goals, five assists. Boschman shipping in with six assists. Simon Despree with five assists. Cam Fowler going four assists. Hampus Lindholm going five assists. That's pretty impressive scoring when you're bringing you've you've played uh, nine games in the first two rounds and your defensive core brings 29 points. That's uh, that's something that no other team left in the playoffs can talk about. Not only are they only allowing two goals a game, but they're also outscoring every other team from the blue line by a wide margin. So, I mean, I know, I know Keith, and I know Seabrook, and I, and I know him very well. Uh, they did, the, the Blackhawks just lost Roosevelt at the end of the Minnesota Wild Series. He, he, he just had surgery. He's done for the season. They're going to have to bring – and the conference finals is not the time to be uh, uh, mixing your defensive pairing up, find, you know, who's going to be on your top pair with Keith. He's already playing 30 minutes plus a game in the playoffs. You know you're going to have to ask more from him at this point without Michael Roosevelt. 
I got to give the check mark at that point to the Anaheim defense. I, I, I got to do it. The, the Hawks are allowing 2.8 goals against with their defense, with Roosevelt intact, and they're playing against two decidedly uh, less offensive teams than the Flames and the Jets. They, their first round was the Nashville Predators, and their, their, their calling card is, is defense and goaltending. And second round, Minnesota Wild, same things. Devin Dubnik, great story down the stretch, shutting the door on, on the Western Conference, basically, in their playoff drive. And uh, Suter... And their defensive core, they're 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 a defensive oriented team there in the Minnesota Wild, and they're they're still giving up almost three goals a game. So definitely the check mark, in my opinion, goes to the Anaheim defense core. And I, I, you know, their scoring depth, I think we've already demonstrated is is maybe a little deeper than the Blackhawks at this point too. Uh, Tom, are you with me or are you against me on that? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I was wondering what uh, Mr. Lane thought about that. Well, I think one of the you know the biggest acquisitions that we don't talk about is, is the acquisition of Ryan Kessler. There you go. God, you have a guy that you know they brought him in for this exact situation. He really is the uh, you know the Paul P- Paul Pierce, if you will, of the uh, of the NHL because you know look, here's a guy that has plenty of playoff experience, Stanley Cup experience. Um, nine points in nine games, you know, and he centers that second that second uh, line. But you know, one of the things that he does that doesn't get discussed is his his ability uh, to win the majority of his faceoffs. I, I think he's like at sixty four, sixty five percent. That's correct. Yeah. There, and you know, that's exactly you know, you, you talked about Bergeron after. You know that's what made Boston so great because Bergeron never lost those faceoffs and and the opposing team zone and that's exactly what Kessler is doing as well and it, you know with their center position between Getzlaff and Kessler is pretty really solid and, and that's that veteran leadership that can take those young guys to the next level. That's no question about that and that's how and let me go back up the five north in L.A. again. Go go to the Los Angeles Kings, and if you're going to talk center centerized depth, the last four years when they've been on their 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 championship runs, if you go Kopitar and Carter one two, exactly, uh, and then you bring Jared Stoll in three, and he he clicked on uh, like a 58 59 percent faceoff dot for the Kings, and then I mean go down to the fourth line center last year when they won the Cup, Richards Mike Richards. No, no less a player than Mike Richards had had dropped down the depth chart to fourth line center. Depth at center wins cups, and and I think Dean Lombardi, there's there's a decided move in the NHL when you look at the framework of the Kings to to move in that direction. And I don't know if the Blackhawks have that depth this year. Um, there, Brad Richards, you know, great great player in his day, but benched in last year's playoffs with the New York Rangers and he's been he's been running second line center minutes for the Blackhawks. I don't think that matches up with Kessler in the faceoff circle um, or anywhere else for that matter. You got to you got to check mark center ice depth with the Ducks as well, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean Brad I don't think it's played all that bad in the playoffs. I mean, he, I agree. The plus 6 and you know, I mean, I think he's He's done some good things out there. I mean, certainly he's not in a situation like, uh, you know, St. Louis is, who, uh, oh. you know, they sat him down third period when they needed, needed him the most. So oh. um, I don't think he's quite in that situation right now. But, you know, I mean, he certainly is not on the caliber of, of Taves on the, on the first line. But, um, you know, I, I still think, you know, if we, as the aforementioned third line of the Anaheim Ducks continues to play well in the playoffs, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see those top three lines against each other. And even, um, you know, we, we kind of talk about defensive units as if they kind of go against each other when they really don't. Um, I, I think that Chicago, like I like the first game to go under just because I think that Chicago will be able to neutralize um, a young Ducks uh, blue line. Uh, that may not be ready for that uh, jump in competition. And certainly I think that that 
from their first two playoff series. This will be a huge jump in competition, and I think that they will take a, a game, uh, maybe two, to kind of settle in. If they get out of this with a split, I, I really like their chances as the uh, as as the tournament moves forward. But if Chicago gets out of here two nothing, there's there's no way they come back. They'll be beaten physically, probably, and certainly mentally. Well, with the the first two games in Anaheim, new the if you look at the regular season, they played three times. The the Blackhawks twice in Anaheim, four one winners. Patrick Kane, both games two goals. And then when they move back to Chicago, uh, one game Anaheim wins one nothing shutout. So, what 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 you're saying can't can't be overlooked, sir. The 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 regular season. I know I know like like we talked about earlier when you're when you're running through the playoffs, it's two different seasons. But there's there's a little bit there's a little bit you can look back on and and the ability of Chicago to win in Anaheim. Uh, like you said, it might it might tell a tale early in this series that could tell the tale at the end of the series too. Uh, well, if you go historically in this series, the Chicago Blackhawks have not fared well in Anaheim. In fact, they've lost uh, their eight twenty one and two in Anaheim over the last thirty one meetings. Uh, the Ducks are one of those teams that uh, seem to you know to uh, put together victories. They're they're phenomenal off of a victory, and they've been phenomenal at home. So, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons, like, we look at this line as $1.40, and people kind of shake their head a little bit and say, well, geez, how how can it be $1.40 favored off, you know, maybe $1.20, uh, maybe $1.15 range? But $1.40 is about right because the Blackhawks historically have not played well in Anaheim, and Anaheim is extremely good off of a victory, which – Obviously, they're off of, and they've been extremely good as a home bet. Now, when you're talking about a dollar forty favorite, are you talking about the first game or for the series price? Uh, first game, the uh, the uh, Anaheim Ducks are a dollar forty favorite. That's a pretty uh, pretty solid number across the board. I see a couple of dollar thirty, thirty fives, but it looks like a dollar forty favorite. And you know, just from a gaming angle, in this uh, the line hasn't moved, but uh, 54% I'm looking at as of right now. 54% of the public has bet on Chicago. Uh, that line might move a little bit. It does not look like uh, there's been heavy money on the Anaheim Ducks like there has been on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, right now that it's forty. Anaheim is a, a favorite against Corey Crawford in the in the first game. Now, what, what if we want to get into the series price, who's the favorite there? You know, we don't really. I know Anaheim is a, is a series favorite as a, as is the Rangers. Um, we don't look too much into the series because you know we we like the like with the emphasis being on managing bankrolls. We kind of you know take it from game to game and, and give a recommendation on uh, on a point or a unit value that we recommend people to play. But uh, you know, both of these teams, the Rangers and Anaheim, are are about the same to win the series. Both, and of course, both home that, favorites. That that's yes, exactly, and that's all adjusted um, from game to game. Okay, let's. Uh, I'm a, this this is running a lot longer than I thought. We're almost we're almost touching <laughs> an, an hour here. Tom Tom, what's your Tom? Give me give me your gut. Where are we headed with this series? What what do you got? Yeah, no, I I, I'm, I picked against Chicago every way through. So yeah, I'm you go, have, uh, actually. I'm, go, I'm, going, I'm going Ducks. You're going Ducks? I'm going Ducks. Give me a yeah. call. What are you saying, six? <laughs> are we on the yeah. Tom Cuddy <laughs> Ducks and six theory here? <laughs> I, hate, I hate saying six, but I'm going to say six, yeah. Ducks and six. Okay, Dana, Dana, can we put you on the spot? And uh, Oh, he might not. He might, I, I know. I, I'm wanted, not, I, wanted to, I wanted to ask Mr. Lane. Real quick, is this tough for you just to talk hockey and then you know you know being just a fan, you know, and then tying in with your business? Could you separate the two, or is there no way ever to separate the two? You know what I mean? It's very difficult, and that's a that's a great insightful question. Um, and you almost have to separate them to enjoy each other. And it's uh, it's very difficult on a daily basis. And of course, we all grew up with our teams, as as have I. Um, and and you 
I have to say, okay, well, after you know X amount of time, when all the plays are out, now I become a fan, and and yeah. it is a constant ping pong back and forth of you know being a fan because you're able to you want to enjoy the game, not necessarily thinking about the intricacies of the game and how it applies to gaming, and that is always a very difficult task for me. Let me. Let me I'm not even. I'm not even a pro guy, and I got my chops busted last weekend because I told my friend to take James Kirkland. I thought we were just talking off the cuff. And then he comes over and watches a fight and then he's like, hey guy, you told me to bet him. Where's the, you know, you cost $200 or something. I'm like, I thought we were just talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to watch what you say, Tommy Gunn. You got to you gotta watch where you're I headed in Las Vegas, brother. Lane. Yeah, yeah. My word. <laughs> you have to have, um, um, you have to have extremely thick skin you are yeah. dealing with you know you deal with people that you win with for you know four days and then we never hear from them again you, right. you have to understand that a if you are a gambler the chances of you actually winning is very very minuscule but if you treat this as a business and what would i do for my business and how do i increase my my profitability if you have that mindset, that's the only mindset you can ever have to be successful in this industry. Love that Dude, insight. Love that insight. I know we're trying to wrap it up. Mr. Lane, um, I was kind of wondering, how, how did you get started doing this? Because I'm sure anyone listening be like, oh, I could do this. I could do this. You know what I mean? How, how did you uh, get the chop to, to get to get rolling there? Uh, betting quarters with my grandmother on Yankee games. Get the Is heck out right? of here. Yeah. I have to thank my grandmother for planting that seed at five years old. Um, look, here's here's the thing about this, and I get asked this all the time. You have to be focused. You have to be a little analytical. You have to be structured. If you are none of those things, you will not find success, and you certainly won't find success for somebody else. You have to have an extreme confidence in yourself. You have to stick to your plan. And you have to know how you're going to manage your bankroll and stick to it no matter what. I mean, we throw these words like discipline around and bankroll management, but those are that that those are the two keys to having any success in this industry. And, and I've seen guys come and go. I've been in this town for 23 years, and, and without those two things, you will be a failure no matter how much you know about sports. Absolutely, absolutely, well said. Um, you, you said you were betting betting quarters with grandma on the Yankees games. Yeah. Um, just are you are you from New York originally? Yeah, I'm from upstate New York originally. Okay. Oh, well, you, well, you, well, you know, I got my Buffalo kid sitting right next to me. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm from Albany, and uh, well, just outside of Albany, a little uh, town called Schenectady. And, yeah. Uh, we've been out to Buffalo many times, out to Dunkirk, and playing in baseball tournaments out there, and. We've uh, went to go see some uh, concerts out at Darien Lake, so I'm very familiar with that area. Oh, I, yeah. I haven't been back in a long time. Schenectady, the place uh, the place above the pines. The place beyond the pines is what it means, right? Is that right, sir? I, I have no idea. I just know that <laughs> it has way too many syllables in it for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't pronounce it until I got all my teeth. And I do know that it is the uh, home of Pat Riley and that Tommy Lasorda used to pitch for the Connected Blue Jays. Tommy Lasorda. It is also home of uh, Union Hockey, which won the uh, national title last year. Yes. Yes, sir, they did. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, they, they rolled. They rolled, didn't they? Yeah, they beat Minnesota. It was quite a surprise. Fantastic. We, we would go up there and... I never knew we were going to get in the union hockey talk, but here it is. How about it? Hey, <laughs> hey, when you talk with the Vegas Hockey Podcast, sir, we could go anywhere. The Buffalo Kid is an encyclopedia of, of hockey knowledge. His, his, his memory and, and his depth of knowledge of the game of hockey is, is unsurpassed with anybody that I know. You, I, I could go hours of him. He's he's like, oh yeah, Brian Burke, Yale Law, Harvard, blah blah blah. I'm like, really, dude? <laughs> Is that where we're gonna go today? We're gonna talk about Brian Burke and his and his college education and his time playing at Providence. And and dude, 
Dana, he knows this off the cuff. It, it, he's not staring at his iPad or, or his freaking phone. The, the Buffalo kid knows hockey. And, and, sure, and if sure, he wants to bring up, too, if he wants to bring kind, up Union Mr. hockey, Lane. we're going to go there, sir. And, and <laughs> he's going to know. He's going to know what's going on. There's no question about it. I'm humbled to be in his presence. Let's go there. <laughs> well, then we could do a whole podcast on John Cooper's uh, law degree. Oh, John Cooper. <laughs> are, we, are we talking coach? Tampa Bay Lightning coach? That's a great transition. Wow. Well, let's hold on. I want to get I want to get Dana on record here. We've got the Western Conference Finals. We broke it down. Yep. The numbers are out there. Um, the pedigree is out there. The only thing we didn't really touch on, and we talked about it a little bit, Bruce Boudreau, coaching, coaching staff, uh, Coach Q. Uh, we don't really even have to revisit that. He's been there. He's a he's got his name on the Stanley Cup twice. Um, proven winner. Long time, long time coach, uh, frequent champion. Can you go on record, or, or can you go on record and pick this series for us, Dana? Oh, I have no problem doing that. Um, I, I am going to, I, I'm going to take the step and say this is Anaheim's first step into many deep playoff runs. I think uh, this is the first step to maybe Chicago's downturn. And I'm going to take the Anaheim Ducks in a seven-game series and a uh, amazing game seven at the Honda Center. Yeah, Love it. Love that call. I am. I, I always try to give Mr. Lane a pass. I don't know why. I want to put him on the spot. That's why we you know, transitioned over to Union Hockey. <laughs> Agre- uh, agreed. Agreed. The, uh... anybody who anybody who runs from being on the spot. Doesn't should not be in the gaming industry. This is what we live for. That's what I'm talking about right there. Dana Lane putting it on a line for us. Okay, I, I'm gonna give my pick now. I gotta I gotta go back. I'm ten and two in these series. <laughs> I gotta brag a little bit. I gotta hit I gotta hit Vegas Hockey Podcast and say yeah, ten and two. My only losers in the in the first round. Uh, I don't even remember. I had the Jets. I know that bunch, but. I think I lost a team in the East as well. Who knows? But right now, from what I'm looking at, I'm going to say the Ducks as well. Every, everything oh. we've looked at, you have just – and it may not be a lot. It may be a little. It may be the depth of the forward scoring. The, the, Ducks, the Ducks defensive core, they're young with Vatanen, Lindholm, mm-hmm. Fowler. But you got Francois Beauchemin. There's a little, there's a little experience there. Um, I, I got to say Ducks. It could be rude, but I'm gonna say ducks in five. I'm gonna go. I love it. I'm gonna go right you there. Say, you never want to say six. No, no. Mister Lane, I think I think Mark's fishing for a job. Are you hiring? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll let you know after the series. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> if we get ducks in five, you gotta give me a call, bro. <laughs> that is uh, that is really going out in the limb, but you know I can certainly see that. Uh, I mean, obviously that scenario is, is plausible. I mean, it's. You know, these, this Ducks team should be pretty rested. Uh, you know, I, I definitely see this is a situation where the torch is being passed between these two teams. And I think you may not see it in five, but I certainly think that um, you are watching the downturn of Chicago and the upswing of Anaheim. My only issue and, and my only hesitation in making that Ducks in five pick is Patrick Kane. If you want to go Kaner, if you want to get my, you know, I got my Buffalo kid right here. Uh, obviously, it, Patrick Kane can take over a series. Uh, we saw it last year against the Kings. Kings, Kings rolled three-one, and they Coach Q again, experienced championship coach, changes his lineups, and, and all of a sudden, Patrick Kane has the puck on a string every single time he's on the ice. And I, I, I don't want to say single-handedly, obviously. There's, there's a lot of pedigree there in, in Chicago. But every time he's on the ice, it was, it was, you know, game five, Patrick Kane. Game six, Patrick Kane. We get in game seven. They're up to nothing in Chicago. And tribute to the Los Angeles Kings for, for making that a game. And eventually... Uh, 
Whew. Overtime winner, Alec Martinez. Go to the cup. We know what happens from there. But that's my that's my X factor in this series. If Patrick Kane can get off to a fast start, and he was questionable to even even play against Nashville in the first round because one, broken, one arm, one arm in it and he, still killing it. The guy's one arm in it. He's spinorama, backhand, no look, pass, open net, left wing, blah blah blah. That's my X factor. If Patrick Kane can carry this team into the Cup Finals, then I'm gonna go right now and say Consmite Trophy. Patrick Kane is gonna have his name on it again. But I don't think this year they're deep enough, and I'm sticking. I'm sticking Ducks in five, sir. Nice. I love it. Let's, let's go back to the East. I think Mr. Lane's busy. We got. We got to wrap this up. Yeah. Quick. Let me. Let me close this down. Uh, I think I'm gonna split this into two different podcasts. Because this, we're already over an hour. I don't want guys to have to Sorry sit here. To the and, uh, I don't want to have to have guys sit here for an hour, two hours, listening to our breakdown. We're just a couple morons with a professional coming in to guide our way through the sea of of Western Conference Finals. So let me let me let me say this has been the Vegas Hockey Podcast with Dana Lane Sports, breaking down the Western Conference for you guys. There's there's hundreds of of hundreds of people out there breaking down down playoffs and and giving your picks but the the real information we got the best in the biz we got Mr. the best, we got the best in the business right here with Dana Lane Sports and I think I mean all three of us taking Anaheim Ducks that's got to tell you something so with that we're going to sign off uh, this is the Buffalo Kid with the Vegas Hockey Know-It-All and Dana Lane Sports special guest and we're gone <laughs>